Welcome to the Exit Coach Radio Show, the show for baby boomer business owners who are looking for cutting-edge information as they plan their 3- to 10-year business succession and exit. Every week, we interview top professional advisors for their best tips, strategies, and precautions so you can be well-planned. And don't miss our one-minute Exit Coach Tip of the Day on ExitCoachRadio.com. And now, here's your host, the Exit Coach, Bill Black. Welcome to the show, everyone. Thanks so much for joining us. A pleasure to have you with us. Hey, we have a great lineup today. We have uh, several top authors, advisors, and experts on the show today. As we usually do, it's a great day here at Exit Coach Radio Show. And I want to remind you that you can listen to all of the wisdom we've collected, over 750 interviews, really simply on your smartphone or on your tablet or your computer. When you're on the go, just go to exacoachradio.com and look for the audio library and click there and you'll find interviews from 12 different topics that we've uh, segregated interviews into. You'll find all kinds of great information on how to run your family business, how to learn more about your personal financial situation, how to deal with employees and key employees, how to get your business ready for sale. So join us at the Exit Coach Library. I'm really pleased my first guest today has joined us again, and she is uh, uh, Kathy Fetke. And Kathy is an expert on all things uh, real estate, especially. She's a founder of a Real Wealth Network, and that's based in Walnut Creek, California. It's to, dedicated to helping members get the most current and cutting-edge education and information they need to succeed as real estate investors. And Kathy's a licensed realtor, a former mortgage broker, and an active real estate investor. She was selected as one of America's 100 most intriguing entrepreneurs by Goldman Sachs at the first annual and now second annual Builders and Innovators Summit. I'm going to let her tell the rest, but it's a real pleasure to have you back on the show, Kathy. Welcome, and thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much. Appreciate the intro. Well, it's Kathy, you know, last time you were on, our, our numbers lit up. You did great. People are really fascinated to hear what you have to say. And I noticed today we have uh, several things we can talk about, but I think one of the most interesting things is the 2015 Housing in Review Overview. Um, before we get into that, tell, tell our listeners a little bit all about what you do with the Real Wealth Network. Sure. Well, we help people really take advantage of the best opportunities in real estate, and we believe in diversifying and have some of your money tied up in hard assets that don't disappear overnight. And, you know, real estate's a slow-moving vehicle, unlike the stock market that can uh, change rapidly before you even wake up. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, understanding cash flow, understanding how to secure your money in, uh, in something that's going to be safer than bonds, CDs, but still have that cash flow coming in every month and yet be secured to something that has more value than your investment. Well, yeah, and of course, um, this year, 2016, has started off with a, a real question mark as far as where, where to keep money, that it's going to be safe, things are uh, seem to be unraveling a little bit at the stock market level, and people are wondering, are we in a bubble? What's going on? Is the bubble breaking? Are we heading to recession? What do you, what your, what's your outlook? Well, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just depress people for a little bit, and then I'm going to give you some solutions. <laughs> but okay, I think the works. most I think the most important thing is that people understand the reality of things, and we're not being told the truth, so it's really hard to understand reality. But, uh, you know, we are, things are unraveling, and they won't stop unraveling for a little while unless 
the government intervenes again with a, another influx of money. So if, if, if there's another stimulus, a quantitative easing, QE4, um, then, then they'll prop up things for a little bit longer. But that would only be until the election, and then we'd see the, the recession we're supposed to have in November. But I don't think any amount of quantitative easing is going to fix things this time around because there's some real fundamentals out of place. I mean, absolutely, the stock market's in a bubble. Absolutely, price-to-earnings ratios are way off. I mean, we're, we're seeing even big investors like Warren Buffett losing their shirts, you know, um, in IBM, and, you know, things that normally do okay. So, you know, there's there's a lot of reason to it. There's certainly bubbles in real estate, but there are areas in real estate that are not bubble markets. And and the same with stocks. I'm sure there's some some stocks that are good buys right now, but overall, if you invested in the Dow last year, you lost money. If you invested in the Nasdaq, you lost money. So, there's just going to be more more of that this year, only bigger losses in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, and there's a there's a lot um going on a lot of news about worldwide trends and the fact that you know we are we are definitely um in the game of the of the worldwide economy and we have to be understanding all that and a lot of people that I know especially are saying I don't I don't have time to understand all that all I want right. to know is uh where is it safe um what's happening and sh- should I be um ducking and covering or should I be <laughs> You know, waiting for the, as they call it, the dead cat bounce. <laughs> When's the thing <laughs> going to bounce back? And, 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 if, and you, from your standpoint, you know, w- what's happening with the housing market? One of the best ways to understand what is happening is, is the quick look back at what happened last year. So help us out with, with what you saw happening last year uh, overall in the in the housing market. Sure. Well, you know, we we have had some major stimulus to prop things up. Like I said, four trillion dollars poured into the economy um, since since the <clears throat> excuse me the Great Recession, mm-hmm. and um, that propped up that popped propped up bubbles in stocks and in real estate. So um, one of the things I I told I've been you know shouting out because I have a lot of members of Real Wealth Network who are, you know, it's our company that helps people invest in real estate. Um, that You know, they're from California and specifically the San Francisco Bay Area. And a lot of the economy in the San Francisco Bay Area is based, of course, on tech stocks and, um, mm-hmm. you know, tech, technology companies where we're seeing, again, way, way overvaluations, like by the billions. Companies like Square that IPO'd just last month um, now, just a few months later, is uh, is way below its IPO price, and and I had predicted that and warned people that you know when you're when when venture capitalists came in and valued companies way over their earnings. I mean, in the case of Square, they haven't had one profit. They've never profited yet. They were valued at six billion dollars. You know how they come up with that? And um, and so I I think reality is setting in, and venture capital money is pulling out because the IPOs just haven't worked out, and the overvaluations haven't worked out. That's going to affect real estate. So I think San Francisco real estate is going to get hammered. And mm. um, yeah, I mean, it's a big bubble. People need to be aware. If you're going to live in your house and stay there for at least 10 years, then don't worry about it. And if you can afford the payment, but if you have an investment property, get out, you know, sell now, 1031 exchange because as venture capital pulls out and it is pulling out rapidly, 
um, then you're going to see rents go down. So if you have rental property or investment property in the San Francisco Bay Area, you better be able to hold it with rents that are down 30 to 40% from what they are today. Wow. And that, that all makes a lot of sense when you say it that way. It, it helps our listeners to paint the picture as to not only what might happen, but why, what are the impacts behind that? And you have to realize, of course, when we hear the government numbers about unemployment, they're not painting the full picture, right? They're, they're telling us about the, the, the U1, you know, the, the, the numbers about people who are reporting, not about the people who went back to work, but are yeah. underemployed. And there's a huge number of people that just don't have the spending power they used to. And there's a huge number that are going to be impacted by things like you're talking about in specifically that area, the, the, uh, uh, the venture capitalists pulling out, the projects won't be coming up, uh, the, parties, the parties coming to an end up there for a little while, at least till reality sets back in and, and they can yeah. get back to a, a more reasonable um, uh, economy. Yeah, I mean, recessions, you know, there's, market cycles are healthy. You know, we, we can't, things, prices can't go up forever. And, and San Francisco Bay Area is way overpriced. And so are, you know, the, the companies. So we have to have recessions. It's normal. But what, what's frustrating and very upsetting to me is that the public is, you know, being lied to and unable to prepare for recessions. Because, you know, if you, I, I said it on Fox News. I was on Neil Cavuto uh, over Christmas, and I, I mentioned the recession. And I think it was, you know, people kind of shocked, like, what recession? And bam, you know, January came, and I think it's a little bit more apparent. Uh, but, we, you know, if if we're not being told the truth, like you said, employment, I mean, Obama just got up on a State of the Union address and bragged about unemployment, when in fact, it's really not improved, because they're not counting all the numbers. It's closer to 20% when you, when you count the people who want jobs or just gave, gave up, because they couldn't get them. And the people who do have jobs are very low-paying uh, service sector jobs, 50% of, I believe the number is up to 50% of college grads who have this enormous college debt are um, unfortunately, uh, you know, unemployed or have these low service sector jobs that won't even begin to pay their debt back. So nothing to brag about. I, I But again, it, it's misleading to the public. It's very upsetting. It is. It's, it always uh, has bothered me about how... Uh, uh, the the number you know I've I've re I follow several economists and watch several different uh, viewpoints to get to get my viewpoints and uh, I've heard numerous times that you know had the government not put so much stimulus in and kept interest rates so low for so long we would probably have been coming out of a depression um, and I, I hear your 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 gallery is chiming in back there agreeing with me uh, <laughs> in, in agreement with you yep just send her <laughs> yeah. out of the room sorry about that. <laughs> And the, and the problem the problem with that the problem with that is is that these natural cycles are going to occur. We have to let them occur. And instead, the government basically said, "Let no, no, we're going to stop this one. We're going to fix this." And now, now we have a price to pay that we still don't know how how extreme that's going to be. But we'll find out, I guess, at some point. Now, the baby boomers are getting older. A lot of them um, have invested over their, the years, maybe in real estate, um, and so overall, let's let's talk about beyond the Bay Area. Um, mm -hmm. Where are there good spots within the U.S.? Uh, what should people look for if they're saying, okay, maybe I shouldn't invest or maybe I want a 1031 out of the Bay Area? Where do I go? Yeah, yeah anyone who's in a high-priced market, and the way you can kind of look at that is compare today's prices with 2006. We know for a fact 2006 was a bubble uh, based on um, easy lending. So 
<clears throat> it's really funny when um, when we try to compare today to then as if that was a normal time. It's not. So, um, you know, when you look at home prices and see that they're near those 2006 levels or beyond, like a lot of markets are, San Francisco for sure, and Denver, Seattle, uh, New York City, uh, Dallas, even um, these are these are markets that uh, you know are in unsafe affordability territory, and so um, be careful in those markets. And in other, I would say 95% of the U.S. it's not there. They're still buying opportunity, and and again, the way you can see that is if the average person can afford the average home. Um, and, and one of the ways to do that is just to look up what's the average income in the area. If it's $50,000, then you triple that to 150000 should be the average home price because that's basically what lenders look at. They want to know mm. that, yeah, so, you know, so somewhere in there. Um, and, and that's certainly not the case, again, in, in lots of areas where, you know, the average income might be 50000 but the average home price might be two, three, four, even $500,000. So those numbers just don't work. But um, that's, so that's one way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and a second way is to look at cash flow. So if you were or you're looking for investment property and, and uh, you're in a market where those prices are in line with normal salaries and yet you can still, uh, you know, rents, rents are going up. So if rents are going up and you can kind of lock in a low home price with a low mortgage pr- payment and, and yet rents are going up, well, then you've got cash flow and if that's a recession-proof market, that can be one way to get through what could be some turbulent times. You know, there's an interesting formula there about the three times uh, average income for home prices. Is there a similar formula for the amount of rents to the value of the property that uh, that our listeners could apply? Um, it, it would really be uh, monthly income. So just, you know, affordability is when you look at what's the average monthly income versus home expense. And, Mm -hmm. you know, really people shouldn't be spending more than one-third of their income on housing Mm because they've got other expenses. So that's a real kind of um, easy way to look at it. But, again, if you – if you've got an average income of $2,000 a month or let's say $3,000, then the average rent shouldn't be more than $1,000. Mm-hmm. That's great. That's very, very easy for people to apply. And as a general rule of thumb, of course, there's going to be changes, uh, you know, from, from here to there. So what's happening? You know, the baby boomers uh, born between 1946 and 1964. So we have um, the the older ones are reaching age 70 and there's a huge wave just right behind the first wave of baby boomers, huge number mm-hmm. of people hitting retirement. And then the younger ones are, um, are now over 50. What's mm-hmm. behind them? What's, what's the, what are the generation Xers looking like that are going to, uh, impact spending habits and, and how some of these things work out? Yeah. I mean, this is, this is really the key to what's going on right now is we've we've kind of relied on baby boomers to drive the economy for 40 years and people think that what happened over the past 40 years is normal it's it's not because for the first time in 40 years baby boomers are not spending and when they're not spending then you know we've got 70% of our economy dependent on consumer spending and you've got the 
the wealthiest generation uh, suddenly stopping because they're retiring, they're saving, they've already bought their big stuff, they already own their home, they already own their cars. Um, they, they're looking at retirement and going, I, you know, I got to cut back on spending. So that is one of the main reasons why the economy is going to contract, and we just have to face it. The government can't keep creating money to make up for the difference. It just doesn't work out that way, and that's what they keep trying to do because politicians want to get reelected. They don't want to be in the middle of a recession, right? So. The Gen Xers, um, just not enough of a generation, not enough wealth there. They they got hit hard in the foreclosure crisis because they were at their peak home buying years at that time, and many of them lost their homes. So uh, we're not going to see the Gen Xers sort of replace the spending of the baby boomers. And millennials, my goodness, those poor kids, they're uh, they're saddled with $1.1 trillion in, in um, student loan debt. And like I said, 50% of them aren't working or, you know, are working really low-paying jobs. Um, they just can't. There's, I think the last time I saw the statistic, 33% of those those kids can't make their their loan payments on their, um, you know, on their, on their college debt. So we can't rely on, on the millennials to make up for the spending that the baby boomers did. So again, we're just it's going to be reflected in a contraction in the economy because you know, the spending is being curbed. It's it, mainly by the baby boomers and nobody sort of there to take over. This is exactly what happened in Japan. They have an aging population and they don't have a younger generation to make up for it and they've been in a recession for two decades. So it's it's not a quick, easy fix. People have got to realize that they can't look at 40 years of data and think that's the way it's going to be. It's it's not. Everything is changing. And if you're going to invest, it needs to be in recession-proof places and, and not, um, you know, not necessarily where, where it's been working in the past. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so if, if you put this in perspective, like you say, uh, 77 million baby boomers um, hit that age, and and I'm that age. I'm I'm 57, just turned 57, and I, I'm thinking of contracting. You know, I'm not. Uh, it's been said by the economists that your peak, the the most uh, you will spend in your lifetime is probably around age 45. That's mm-hmm. about your peak, and from then on, you're starting to think about how do I divest of some of this stuff. And you have 77 and a half million people all starting to think that way of. How do we now prepare for uh, our retirement years and, and shed some of this mm-hmm. stuff that we have? Uh, how do we not necessarily be landlords anymore? Because that's mm-hmm. a, you earn you earn every penny in real estate, right? And then you've got the group behind them that's half the size that's coming into their peak years, but they're not the same peak years as the baby boomers were enjoying necessarily. Yeah, you have your techno billionaires but that's that's you know that's like the rock star of the baby boomer generation very few and far between and then you have a a big generation coming up behind them but they're looking for their place and they're and they're not finding it because things have changed so much in the workforce um so if you're holding things like real estate as a baby boomer and you're divested that the question is who's going to pick it up um who wants the big home anymore uh, a lot of big and real estate is such a huge part of our economy, obviously. Um, so how, uh, how do people situate themselves? Uh, it seems like it's going to be a huge renter's market. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it, it's going to be a huge renter market. We, we have the lowest homeownership rate we've had in, I think it's like 40 years. I mean, it's just, it's, uh, there is a tendency towards renting and that will last until the millennials are up and running and ready to buy, which is going to be, well, the the largest group of millennials is age 23. So um, I would say about 10 years before that generation is going to really have an impact on housing. So until then, uh, the renter pool is going to be pretty strong. And so it's a great opportunity to be a landlord and that's what we help people understand and do. We, we share with people the, the best markets for investing and, um, you know, what kind of property to buy because you can definitely buy the wrong one. Uh, there's also an incredible opportunity, like you said, if you don't want to be a landlord, uh, private lending is the way to go because you can be secured, you can have collateral. Um, we, we have private lending programs where people can uh, lend to very, very experienced investors at you know very low LTV, you know, 65%. So if the value went down on that property, you still have plenty of, of cushion there. Um, but you get the the monthly 8% return without having to be a landlord or deal with the vacancies or repairs. So that's really fantastic for for baby boomers who just don't want to deal with stuff, you know. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so there's there's definitely opportunity out there. It's just I I agree with you that people are not paying attention and they don't have time, but I'll tell you what, it's like saying I'm busy. I, I just gave birth to this child and I'm going to just pass it off to somebody else and hope it turns out okay. Uh, you know, just that's how we treat our money. You know, and, and the, that money is supposed to support us in our in our older years. You know, in our golden years, and and yet nobody's paying attention. So, you know, I, it's just not an excuse anymore. That's why we're. I, I don't know if I told you this, but we just lowered the price of our Real Wealth Investor Academy to ten dollars a month uh, because we want people to be able to afford it and to be able to take the time. We, we make little. 10-minute videos, sometimes five-minute videos, so it's it's easy. You can do a little bit every day. If you don't work on your financial intelligence, you're going to get slaughtered, you know, so that's that's just the, <laughs> that's just the way it goes. Okay, well, tell us, tell us. Uh, we got a couple of minutes left. Tell us a little more about that. How does it work? Um, uh, who, who tunes in and who should tune in, and how do they get there? Oh, sure, yeah. If you go to realwealthnetwork.com, you'll see it, or you can go to Real Wealth Investor Academy, and... Um, and and we just it, it's all basically real estate related uh, between private like I said private lending notes uh, multifamily single family rental building we do a lot of uh, partnership with developers who are building rental properties because there's huge demand for that uh, man our last syndication like that the last fund we did yielded uh, almost forty percent I, I I can't say we can repeat that you know that was that was pretty awesome but. Um, but mm-hmm. most of, of the things we've done have had a, you know, between 8 and, like I said, 40% return in, in a year when, I don't know if you know this, but apparently, according to CNN, 70% of investors lost money in 2015. So in a year when everybody was losing money, these real estate investors were making money. So it can be done. It can be done in a down market. So the Academy just teaches all those things, and we try to make it simple because we know people are busy. But, hey, if you, if you can't spend 5 to 10 minutes a day understanding how to survive and not not only survive but thrive and what will be serious financial turmoil in the coming years then you know i guess you're just going to have to learn how to how to start over i mean because the investments people are making you know people who aren't paying attention i just had a friend this is a close friend who doesn't you know, it's my closest friends and family who have no idea what I do and don't pay attention at all. <laughs> my mm-hmm, friend right. didn't even ask me, um, and she just invested 
a million dollars in Apple stock right before it tanked. You know, it's like, ah, why did you do that? Did you study it? She goes, no. (laughs) She didn't know anything about it. That was just a gut decision. And, of course, that's the scary part about what's going on in in the stock market is that, uh, you know, millions and millions of people have the ability to move their money very quickly based on emotion from their computer, from their desk. Uh, you know, it's easy to move money and big movements of money are bad for an economy. They, they create havoc. So, yeah. you know, what it sounds like what you're doing is, is making things that um, you're taking things that people should be paying attention to, but they're too busy. It, they think it's too complicated. I'll, I can't understand it. And you're, you're bringing it back down to a bite-sized level where they can learn a little bit every day. It doesn't inter- interrupt their day, but they're working mm-hmm. on themselves. And isn't that better than, than spending time doing maybe something that you're doing right now, replace a bad habit with a good habit and, <laughs> and come, you know, and so tell, what's the website one more time? Real Wealth Investor Academy is where you can sign up for that or Real Wealth uh, Network, realwealthnetwork.com. Or you can read my book if you're interested in rentals. It's Retire Rich with Rentals, Retire Rich with Rentals. That's on Amazon. And then I also have a podcast called The Real Wealth Show. All you probably have to do is, is take your browser out, hit Google, and type in Kathy Fetke, F-E-T-T-K-E, and you're going to find all of this stuff, I'm sure, links to all of it. And why wouldn't you do that? You hear how beautifully she uh, explains everything, everybody. So uh, take advantage of this resource. Uh, learn about how to create your real wealth network. And Kathy, thank you so much once again for coming on and explaining things so clearly for our listeners. Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. You're a great host. Thank you. It's been a real pleasure. I look forward to the next time we talk. And uh, in the meanwhile, I hope you have a wonderful year ahead of you. Thank you. You too. All right. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back after this. So please stay with us. Business owners, if you came back from lunch and there was a resignation letter on your desk, Which employee would you really, really not want it to be from? What are you doing to prevent this from happening? At Exit and Retirement Strategies, we design plans that attract, motivate, and retain key employees. For a free consultation, call Bill Black, the Exit Coach, at 866-370-3774. Call today. Does thinking about what will happen to your business if you're gone keep you awake at night? Will you get the price you need from your business to carry you through retirement? The BEI Network of Exit Planning Professionals is the world's leading advisor network with the power to help business owners transition out of business on their own timeline and terms. Ask your most trusted advisor to create a BEI plan for you or visit us at ExitPlanning.com. That's ExitPlanning.com. Thank you for listening to Exit Coach Radio. 